We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. I am Scott Jensen, joined as always by Andrew Laird. We are sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. We appreciate their sponsorship all season long. If you could please rate or review the podcast, that'd be fantastic. Also, it does go a long way towards helping people find the podcast, towards uh, doing helping the podcast doing well, so we would appreciate that. Also, we are in uh, week 14, believe it or not. We are in uh, in December now. The season is flying by. Andrew, you and I were talking about that earlier. Uh, it, it's going by fast. Yeah, I usually equate like how fast a football season goes by weather, which you don't worry about as much in Southern California. But um, not. we've only had like one bit of snow in the Northeast, at least where I live. And usually by now, at least there's like two or three and it like really feels like winter. And like the latter half of the football season is like winter, like you're inside, it's cold and it's miserable. And you're like, oh, this is great, though, because I have eight hours of football to watch. But we really haven't gotten it. So like. If the weather wise, it feels like it should be like week nine. Uh, but yeah, where this season's flying, we're just flying. Do you uh, do you like the snowy cold weather? Are you one of those? No. Oh, God, no. Uh, um, no, all right. No, I hate it. I I don't know why. I mean, I know why I live here and it's not because I want to live here. I'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it looks nice, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice when I'm inside and uh, I'm just more I'm always a summer guy. And so when I can be outside and not have to worry about how many layers I'm putting on and why my feet are still so cold, but that's, that's really my, my, my happy place. 
Yeah, totally. I I fully understand that. Uh, so jumping into week 14, we have a really interesting slate. You know, the, the, the bye weeks are over. Thanksgiving's over. We got 13 games on the slate. It's a monster slate. Um, no games over 50 point over under, though. I don't think we've had any of those this week. And kind of shocking we do on, on such a big slate. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like when you look at it and you're I mean, if you looked at the matchups just on that and you were like, which one's over 50, you'd probably be like, I don't know if any of them are. So it's not like there are surprisingly low ones just based on matchups. And then the worst part is that this the the top one is Chiefs Patriots. And I don't know if I want any part of that game. Uh, yeah, that, that was what I was gonna say. Is like you look at it, and all the really explosive offenses are playing really good defense. We have the Saints playing the Niners. We have the Chiefs playing the Patriots. Baltimore plays Buffalo. Like you just, it's just a, it's a matchup. It's a week where all the matchups kind of worked out. Where the better offenses that get high points are playing against tough defenses. We've got uh, you mentioned the Chiefs Patriots at forty eight and a half. Uh, New England's won twenty one straight home games. Pretty pretty wild there. The longest streak other than them is the Vikings with five. So it's a uh, crazy how long that streak is. I want to uh, I want to add high- to that actually. Hold on before oh, you go any do. further. I saw this oh, tweet. No, I saw a tweet the other day that the Patriots have never lost a regular season home game when Tom Brady and Julian Edelman play together. That that can't be true. <laughs> the tweet included all of the games. It was insane, like like nuts. Now, when you think about it, like they get three home games every year against the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills. So, like, that's you know you, you expect them to win those games. But the list is nuts. Like, it's never they've never lost a home game with those two regular season. That is uh, that is pretty wild. Yeah, it's just yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. It's uh, it's it's fairly absurd. Well, I hate to tell you, but uh, the streak ends this week. I'd love it. I'd love it. You know me. I'll happily take that. I've been I've, I've been picking against I've been picking against the Patriots for like multiple weeks, and finally, the, finally they got exposed last week against the Texans. I still don't think this Patriots offense is close to good right now, and I, I think that they were, uh, you know, historic like scoring on defense, and their defense is really really good. But um, I think Kansas City beats them. I think it's to be a really fun game. I mean, they're one of the teams that you would expect to at least have a chance to do it. But the Patriots at Foxborough always find a way, man. It's just so annoying. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, other high total games, you know, not high, but on the higher end this week, uh, Patri- Panthers at Falcons, uh, Atlanta fair by two and a half over under 47 and a half there. Colts and Bucks. We always got a Bucks game in here over under 47 there. Uh, Tampa Bay leads the NFL in combined plays and possessions per game. They're a fast pace. Uh, defense is a little bit better lately, but not good. They just uh, they combo for a lot of possessions, a lot of points, a lot of plays. But uh, the Colts kind of don't do that. So it's an interesting mix there. Yeah. And I mean, that's what we thought was going to be with the Cardinals this year. They were like, oh, everybody's going to have a ton of plays and every game will be great. But it's actually the Bucks who are doing it. Yeah. And playing the Colts like uh, I think the only team that would be worse to want to like play against the Bucks is the Titans. Yeah, I fully agree there. We so I mean 13 games on the slate, we have 10 of them that are between 42 and 48 on the on the Vegas total. It's uh it's a very very odd packed together week. A week where you got to try and figure out uh which games you think are the ones that kind of break out of that mold and end up in the 50s. Yeah, the the I mean people who consistently listen to this podcast know that I am mostly a cash game player and my easy out of being like when I think it's a really tough cash week is that like oh it's a great GPP slate I think this is a fantastic GPP slate oh I like that uh, I'm more of a GPP player so that's uh it should be a fun slate for me then right up your alley I mean that when you there are just so many ways to go uh and yep. when there isn't like one or two clear games that everybody's going to be on um we're not going to have like really condensed ownership on certain 
uh, games. There may be certain players, depending on some injuries that we'll talk about. But, um, yep. I mean, you can make an argument. Like you said, like the, the totals are all fairly close. And so uh, if you want to stack 49ers Saints, like nobody else is going to be doing that. But also nobody else is probably stacking uh, Jaguars Chargers as much as, you know, other people <laughs> are. So it's like and, – and any of these games – could easily hit 50. And so, um, I don't know. It's a, like I said, I think there are a lot of ways that you can go, which makes it a good GPP slate. Yeah. On that same point, you're looking kind of the top end receivers and you can kind of make an argument for against all of them. Usually there's one or two that stick out in a, in a phenomenal matchup. You're like, Oh God, you know, everybody's going to have Michael Thomas this week. Everybody's going to have DeAndre Hopkins this week, but it doesn't really feel like that this week. It feels like you go different ways. Kind of like you're saying, I think that, uh, as we get to the running backs, there's one that will be, you know, really highly percent owned if the injuries, uh, work out the way they could work out, but same at quarterback, like quarterback, you can go a lot of different ways. You know, Lamar Jackson's the top guy, but you know, going against this Buffalo defense, you can, you can kind of argue for and against almost everybody this week. Yeah. The funny thing about quarterback is that I think you can make a case for all of them and I don't want to play any of them. Uh, I kind of uh, got the same way. I, <laughs> so I've been struggling with quarterback anyway. Uh, last week, a bit of a mea, mea culpa. I, I, you know, I had Nick Foles and he got benched at halftime and that didn't work out well. And just, it, it seems like uh, quarterback's been tough for me the last couple of weeks. So I need to get back on track there. I think the only reason why quarterback is so tough for me is because I don't play Lamar enough. Like every week I'm like, oh, I, I obviously should have just played Lamar. And then the next week comes and I'm like, "Eh, I don't know if I want to play Lamar. And then it's like Sunday night and I'm like, should have just played Lamar. Yeah, I mean, last week, you know, in the rain against uh, what I think is probably, you know, the best defensive football, maybe second best in the 49ers, but in the rain, all that. And he still found a way. He only threw for 105 yards, but found a way to kind of get to that floor by 100 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown. He just, I mean, I watched that offense really closely last week. Obviously, the 49ers fans and the Niners played it really, really well in the second half. Um, but he still kind of got there. He still it was it was in the twenties. You know, not a not a point total that really killed you. Uh, it wasn't you know a dynamic game for him. But he just kind of always seems to get there. Those those rushing yards are you know we talk about creating a floor, but this is like the prime example of that every week. It's I mean the the rushing floor. I mean somebody I apologized for who it was, but they were saying like the thing with Lamar is that he he has hundred like he's a running back with yep. five passing touchdown upside. what what do you do with that other than play him like I I just I mean obviously last week's matchup was tough this week is going to be tough as well and it didn't really seem to matter yeah and it's funny you you watch that offense you see you've seen we've seen so many kind of RPOs and read option kind of stuff and it, it is the only thing that comes remotely close to that one Colin Kaepernick game in the in the in the, pay, the playoffs against the Packers, where you're like, I don't understand how you physically stop this with only eleven guys, and it, it seems like Lamar Jackson has that, but he has it every single week. Yeah, that's uh, exactly like every week, and everyone's like, oh, they've got more tape on it, and they're going to do this to try to stop them, and we just haven't seen anyone stop them yet. Yeah, if you run it perfectly, there's the, you know the tape doesn't really matter. It's whether you want your quarterback to get hit that many times is a huge it's a huge thing. And I wonder down the stretch if they maybe pull back off the off the read option a little bit. But if you run it really well and you go eleven on eleven, it's really hard to stop it with a guy as dynamic as Lamar Jackson. Obviously, that that's a very small group of people, but it's uh it's fun to watch. It's hard to stop. It's going to be really interesting as we get to playoff times. If you know we get situations where Belichick with, with tape kind of figures out something to do, but. Uh, it's hard to do just because you don't you kind of lose a man to 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 to, to block when you go eleven eleven and the quarterback's a weapon. It's just it's it's hard to play that way. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like I said, I'm still waiting for the game where somebody figures it out. 
It's uh, it's probably going to happen. NFL defense quarters are really, really smart. But uh, aside from drilling Lamar over and over again, uh, which is probably the way to do it, and you're allowed to do that now with the with the read option. That was a big, a big thing with Harbaugh and Kaepernick back in the back in the day was that you know he was mad that you know everybody could tee off on Kaepernick as a quarterback. But once you become a runner, you kind of lose that protection. Yeah, I mean the the odd thing that I keep seeing is that uh, each week you see like someone new. Uh, from like the practice squad is like, oh, they they played Lamar in practice this week. Yep, yep, and it's yep. like the, what you have to do to like pretend that you're Lamar Jackson. Like there's nobody, if, if anybody was even 65% as good as Lamar Jackson, they'd probably not be on the practice squad. And so it's like, I just don't know how you, how you really in like real time try to build something to stop him. Yeah, the Niners did it with Richie James, who's their return guy. You're just like, well, yeah, yeah he's kind of shifty and fast, but like nowhere near as big and strong. It's a completely different different world of athlete there. Yep. But yep. Uh, we talked about 10 games between the 42 and 48 mark. Uh, that leaves uh, the, the Patriots and Chiefs above it. There's two games that are below it. The low total games, we have the Bengals and the Browns this week. That is as ugly as it sounds. Uh, Cleveland favored by 8.5, over under a 40.5 in that game. And then Broncos, Texans, uh, you know, Broncos, we've had a lot of low total games this year. Uh, Drew Locke looked okay last week, but uh, Houston's fared by nine off the winning at the Patriots over under their 41 and a half. So uh, there's a couple of guys in, in those games where I think uh, are a little, get a little bit interesting, but uh, mostly games you're, just not, you're not probably going to want to stay away from. Where do you have uh, Washington Green Bay? I think, I think I had it right at 42. Has oh, it gone 42, uh, down okay. from that? Uh, I saw it at 41 yeah, and a half yesterday. So uh, Okay, so yeah, it was uh, it was right there with that Broncos-Texans game, but that's another one that, pretty disgusting. Uh, you know, weather weather may impact that, but yeah, anytime the Redskins are involved, it's all, although last week they looked pretty good against the against the Panthers, but uh, the Panthers aren't good either. Yeah, FanDuel, at least, Sportsbook, has 41 and a half, and they've got the Packers giving 13, which is up that's from a, 12 that's yesterday. A, that's, a, that's a pretty good implied total on the Redskins right there, then. Yeah, 14 and a, or no, it's actually lower than that. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's ugly. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, pretty good. So, quarter, uh, yeah. uh, primetime games. We won't be talking about this late. We had the Cowboys and Bears last night. Cowboys looked absolutely abysmal in that loss. Uh, Seahawks at Rams, pretty good game on Sunday night. And then the Giants Eagles, not a pretty good game on Monday night. Yeah. I mean, I would skip it if I didn't have to write about it. <laughs> at you, least may still, you may still skip it. Yeah. I might. You're right. You're right. Suddenly a big night, game better the, about it. Suddenly a big game for the Eagles, though, which is uh, sure. wild that the uh, wild the NFC East uh, d- d- division winner is going to host a playoff game against the 49ers or the Seahawks. It's an absolute garbage division. My God. I mean, the Jets have like multiple so- wins against that division. That should tell you enough. I mean, the Dolphins <laughs> might too, actually. Uh, yeah, the, Dol- the Dolphins they beat the Eagles. They beat but, yeah, the Eagles. Uh, they, not, they beat the Giants? They've not played uh, yet? Uh, I don't, I don't remember. I, 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 I made it a point to not pay attention to that yeah, game. If they exactly. Exactly. So. Uh, before we get into the running backs, a note from our sponsor, Yahoo. For sports and betting fans in the New Jersey area, this is the moment you've been waiting for. Sports betting is now available on Yahoo Sports and the Yahoo Sports app powered by BetMGM. Yahoo Sportsbook powered by BetMGM allows fans nationwide to view betting odds across a variety of sports. And users of a legal age to bet in the state of New Jersey can click through the odds to place bets on BetMGM. New users 21 or older in New Jersey can make their first $10 deposit and receive $100 in free bets. Go to betmgm.com slash yahoo to get started and for full offer terms and conditions. Also, Yahoo Daily Fantasy continues to launch new fantasy contests every day. Visit yahoo.com slash daily fantasy to enter an NFL, NBA, or NHL contest today. So, Andrew, as we always do, we start the running backs at the top with uh, Christian McCaffrey. 10.3 on DK, 11 million on FanDuel. Uh, 
in his worst day, uh, his worst day last year, McCaffrey had 17.2 PPR points. So he had a bad day. He didn't score. It was rough, but still got to a point total where it didn't help you, but like didn't end your day like some other running backs do. Uh, he had 191 yards last time they played Atlanta. He only scored. They only scored three points in that game, which is Jeez. impossible. That like, that was the game. He had the 11 catches. Got the bonus on DraftKings. Uh, Atlanta did hold, hold Alvin Kamara only 61 rush yards last week. They only had 11 carries, so not a defense that we're worried about. Uh, I guess the question is, are you full in on McCaffrey this week? Uh, how do you feel about C-Mac again? Uh, when I was looking or I was writing about McCaffrey, uh, I realized that the 17.1 was actually lower, or 17.2 on DraftKings was actually lower than what he had in one of his games against Tampa, which is one of the games that we always talk about, like, oh, you can throw right. the Tampa games out. Um, that Atlanta game, 33.1 points without a touchdown. We should uh, we should add so. without without their without their team scoring a touchdown. Right, without, you're right, you're right. Like you said, three points. So like, um, crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. He had the receiving bonus that that day, not the uh, not the rushing bonus. And now he's cheaper because he had this uh, disappointing game against Washington last week. Um, I think the the interesting thing about McCaffrey this week is that there are a lot of guys, a lot of running backs that you can play. Um, like in cash, certainly in GPP. Like I, I think McCaffrey is a perfectly fine GPP fade this week um, because there are other guys who have significant upside that are cheaper. Um, they're not nearly as reliable as McCaffrey, which is why you pay 10-3 for it. But um, the interesting thing about him for price-wise is that if you do pay down, um, it doesn't really get you a ton more in terms of the other positions. Um, like there are some cheap wide receivers this week that are definitely in play and the kind of middle ground for cash games, the, the five to 7,000 is like, okay. I mean, there are good receivers in there, but they're not, everything's not perfect for them. Uh, and it doesn't yeah. quite get you to the Devonte Adams, Michael Thomas group, which is actually a lot, uh, more condensed this, this week. Um, it's not like we have the 9,500 Michael Thomas because he's playing against San Francisco. Uh, so I think that McCaffrey's still going to be highly owned in cash games only because if you don't take him and you even if you pay up for, you know, the, the next guys on the salary list, Chubb and Derrick Henry, for example, um, you're not the benefit you get on at the other positions isn't high enough where you're like. Maybe I'll just play McCaffrey. And like so many weeks come to that where you're just like, if I I can do this and I can do this. And then, you know, Auden Tate becomes Tyler Boyd. And you're like, all right, well, is the difference between Auden Tate and Tyler Boyd bigger than the difference between McCaffrey and Le'Veon Bell? And you're like, no. Yeah. And so there you're back with McCaffrey. The answer to anyone versus Le'Veon Bell is no. (laughs) What about this week, man? Come on. Uh, I know we'll get, we'll get to him, but uh, yeah, I feel the same about McCaffrey. I think that what we're seeing a lot too, this late in the season, a lot of those like five thousands receivers that we really liked and played every week are kind of getting graduated up there in the, you know, the, the high sixes or low sevens. So yeah. those guys that, you know, the, the DJ Moore who we played forever on Fandle over and over cause he was, he was mispriced there, you know, finally is moving up a little bit. So it, it becomes a little harder to find those reliable guys in the, in the mid fives. Yeah. I mean, it, and the, it's plenty of the guys, DJ Moore, Devonte Parker, um, Jarvis Landry, like these guys, Curtis, uh, yep. Cortland Sutton, excuse me. Like, yeah, when you play guys and, and yep. not to say that they're not like 
efficiently priced. Like, I don't think they're overpriced. Like, they've earned these prices. No, but it's it's tough when you've played them at 4,800 and you're like, okay, well, this week they're 7,200. And you're like, well, that's not as fun. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Next down on the list is Dalvin Cook. He's uh, 9,500 on DraftKings, 8,700 on Fandle. We're still waiting to kind of hear on his health. He's got the shoulder issue. Seems to be a pain management issue. If he can deal with the pain, they're going to have him pay play uh i'm fully off cook this week i like the matchup but i just think there's way too big of a risk of him not getting a full load you know leaving early if they get a lead they gain their way ahead there's no way they're gonna they're gonna run cook into the ground so you can see the upside going against uh, home against detroit but i just think there's way too many risks for me to pay the price this week yeah i think the risk is nuts like there's just really no reason i mean in a perfect situation he doesn't play like that's really what we all want because um (laughs) yeah alexander madison is 4500 and so, like, that's that's what we want. Again, in this match, I mean, he's going to be... be 180% owned. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, Cook, obviously, is going to be very... I think because enough people see this, I think Cook's going to be pretty low-owned. So, like, you're you're going to have at least a, an ownership advantage because you're going to play a $9,500 running back who could have four carries. But uh, I just... Yeah, that risk is, like, not nearly worth it for me. Especially, like, for 800 you could have McCaffrey. And I think that there are like five or six guys below him that could match him based on the fact that I don't think he's going to get as many carries and targets as he's been getting. I think the real question is like whether Madison is worth the risk or not. Are you saying if, if cook plays or cook doesn't, yeah, play? if he plays. Yeah. Then that, that's the interesting is that you, Madison is so cheap at that point that if cook leaves early or if cook, you know, they get up way up on Detroit, and it's all Madison in the second half. You could, you could definitely make a case for Madison if Cook plays, it obviously, you know, a, a gigantic drop in the percentage that it, if Cook sits. Yeah, like I think if Cook plays, I think there will still be people who play Madison. Um, yeah. Because, like you said, the, the, the salary lowers the risk so much. Um, so, again, that's yeah. another, like, knock on Cook's ownership that, um, you know, maybe he scores it, two touchdowns in the first half and then doesn't play. It is the perfect spot for them to take you take Dalvin Cook and give him a week off. Too. Oh yeah, it's just like it it, li- it lines up so well. Home game against the Lions, whatever they are, fourteen point favorites, whatever massive favorites. It lines up perfectly. I don't know if they'll do it, but I I, I kind of lean towards I'm thinking that they will. Yeah, I, I mean, there it's very in the realm of possibilities that Cook is active and doesn't see the field. Yeah, I think that's possible too. Or and gets, so, you know, plays the first series, they realize it's gonna be easy, and he goes forward. Or they save him in case it comes to go close game. I think there's so many ways that even in a GPP, uh, where I usually like studs at a low percentage due to one factor or another, I'm not even touching him there. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, based on, I, I don't think you can go in with the assumption he's gonna get 100 percent of the work that he gets. And so, if you're thinking like, does he get 70 percent? Does he get 65 percent? And then is 70 percent of Cook? better than 100% of Nick Chubb? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I, I think at the price, he's 9,500. Yeah. I think the answer to all of those is no for me. Right, yeah. Yep. Uh, Derek Henry's been on a huge roll. Uh, 8,200 on DraftKings, 9,100 on Fandle. Yeah. He's been priced up there due to the touchdowns. Fandle guys uh, love Derek long. Henry. <laughs> yeah, and no, no, uh, you know, he hasn't been a huge receiving guy. He had a couple big catches, but not a big catch guy. So that uh, kind of factors in with the PPR yep. stuff. But... 145 plus rushing yards in three straight games. We haven't seen a run like this in a while. Six touchdowns the last four games. Oakland has not faced many great running backs all year. Uh, Melvin Gordon and Dalvin Cook did have 100 plus yards on them, but they haven't given up a ton of rushing yards. But I looked at the the schedule, and it's not a lot of studs they faced. 
Uh, should be a pretty game script. I think Tennessee's fared by two and a half uh, at Oakland. Should be a pretty close back and forth game. Um, are you in on Derrick Henry this week on, on this crazy roll? I think this is like where the great GPP slate comes in. Like, I think, yeah, Henry's a great play. But like, I think Nick Chubb at 200 less on DraftKings is also a great play. And so is Leonard Fournette at 7,800 on DraftKings. And so I don't think And if you're playing those three guys and you're not playing McCaffrey. And there are guys who are even cheaper who we might want to play, including Madison if he's in. So, like, um, I think they're all good plays. I I probably put, and it feels nuts to say this, but I think Chubb and Fournette are above Henry for me. But they're, they're all very close. I'm not going to look at a lineup with Henry and be like, oh, you're nuts for playing him. Like, I think he's a great play this week, certainly more than, than Cook or, or, I hate to say it, Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> uh, Chubb is 8000 on DraftKings He's $1,200 less than Henry on FanDuel He's 7900 there The Chubb thing's interesting I mean, he's got He had six six straight games with 20 carries He only had 16 last week But still very involved Somehow only one touchdown this stretch It seems like he gets 9 million carries inside the five And can't get a touchdown It's just Their blocking inside the five has been brutal all year There's been a lot of talk about their play calling and stuff down there only 41 snaps last week. Kareem Hunt actually played more mm-hmm. snaps than him last week. Kareem Hunt played 45. Huge blow-up spot. Uh, great game script there, whatever it was. Nine-point favorite against the Bengals at home. Uh, great spot for running back. Cincinnati gives up a lot of big slash plays, which kind of you know, Chubb is well-known for, can break it from any distance. How much are you concerned about the Kareem Hunt snap count in terms of playing Nick Chubb at this price? It certainly doesn't make you feel better, especially because um... – his targets are like really drying up. I mean, not like he was ever getting consistently like six and seven. He has a few games like that. Right. But I mean, six targets in the last three games combined is a little concerning, um, especially on DraftKings with, with full PPR playing like Henry and Chubb in cash where you might get eight combined targets. If you're lucky um, is a little concerning, especially when we've seen Fournette is like, turning into Michael Thomas target wise, all this, like it's crazy how many looks he's getting nine receptions in the past two games. And so, um, I think there's enough concern about Chubb that would make you look at Henry. Um, certainly, but like you said, like homing in Cincinnati, like you should be able to run all over them all you want. I'll say I'll definitely play Chubb at 8,000 over Kareem Hunt at 66. Well, yeah, me, me too, for sure, on that one. But uh, I'm, I'm a little worried. I, I, I went into the season not worried about Kareem Hunt, not thinking he was going to be an issue or a problem. But uh, it, the snap count now is at the point where I'm, uh, I'm a little more worried than I, than I ever thought I'd be. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, we have other options. Uh, so you mentioned Leonard Fournette, uh, you know, a guy that I've had trouble kind of figuring out this year. He's 7,800 on DraftKings, uh, 7,500 on FanDuel. You know, Leonard Fournette doesn't have a rushing touchdown over one yard this season. <laughs> uh, True stat. The crazy thing is actually how many long carries he has that didn't turn into touchdowns. Yeah. Like I <clears throat> like the Jaguars along. don't have a, Jaguars is a team. Jaguars is a team don't have a rushing touchdown over one yard this season either. <sighs> I you were going to say it was like a Minshew three yard. No one. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, they have three rushing touchdowns this year. All of them are one yard. That's crazy. That is wow. Yeah. <clears throat> but the thing with Fournette, it's all I mean, it's all about the volume, especially the targets. He has twenty three targets last two weeks. It's wild. And he, we had the quarterback switch. It didn't really didn't really do much. He has nine catches in each of the last two games. That's uh, not what I expect from Leonard Fournette when you signed on at the start of the year. Yeah, for sure. Um, you probably signed up for a few more touchdowns, but 
Um, yeah. Yeah, I think he's now second in the league in targets without a touchdown. I think Robert Woods is still well ahead of him, but um, he obviously had Fournette obviously has rushing touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, home against the Chargers, who seem like they've all but given up, uh, feels like a perfectly great spot to use him. And like he like we talked about, like he doesn't have the non targets that Henry and, and Chubb, the non target issue that Henry and Chubb do. So, yeah, I think Fournette's going to be pretty popular. So you mentioned we kind of joked about Le'Veon Bell earlier. Do you actually like him this week against the Dolphins? I know he had 121 yards and eight catches against Miami the first game. Yeah, I just I just really struggle like relying on the Jets to do the right thing. Like I'm starting to feel the same about Le'Veon Bell as I do of Saquon Barkley. That like no matter the matchups, I just don't trust that the team's going to use them the right way. And especially with like the way that the Jets are building to make Darnold like the guy. And that doesn't necessarily mean that bell is going to get his. And so uh, I'd rather play. I'd rather find the 600 bucks for four net than, than uh, Le'Veon bell. Yeah. You and me both. And I just, uh, I, you know, it's week 14. He hasn't topped 70 yards rushing in a game. I mean, that, that seems impossible. Yeah. I mean, I think there are going to be people who are game stacking this one because we've seen uh, games at Miami's in uh, end up having a lot of points. It didn't work the first time uh, the jets, were the ones who didn't deliver on their their end of the bargain on that one. But uh, I think Bell will be popular uh, enough because I think people are going to stack this game and he catches enough passes that he's uh, he's worthy of looking at. So now we uh, we get to a guy that I really like this week on DraftKings. That's Alvin Kamara at 7,000 on DraftKings. I think that the, the Saints have watched the 49ers defense against the Ravens, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and I think they're going to get the ball out of Drew Brees' hands really quickly. He's not as mobile as those quarterbacks I just mentioned for those teams. I think Alvin Kamara is going to have a ton of targets this week and a ton of catches. I think the way that they're going to attack them is going to be Kamara quick plays out of the backfield. And, you know, I just don't think Brees can move enough to avoid this rush. I think we're going to see the ball in Kamara's hands a ton this week. Is that like a nervous 49ers analysis? 49er fan analysis? It's not. It's, okay. a, it's actually a, I think the defensive line is going to dominate so much that I don't think Bree's going to be able to sit back there and throw the ball. I think they're going to have to do it this way, and I think Sean Payton knows that. Okay, okay. That's fair. Uh, I like that read. Um, Jerry Donabedian wrote uh, his DFS tourney guide this week and thought that this was like a very good game stack. Um for the reason that we have like elite players who are priced like they're not. Um, and obviously the matchup right. is the reason for that. And so, yeah, you're not going to find 7,000 Camara uh, very often. The really good thing about it is the saints never disappoint. <laughs> yeah. They've, they haven't had any games here where we're like, Oh, we love the saints this week and they scored nine points. Yeah. I've never regretted playing drew Brees or Camara this year. And so I would definitely like to roll that when they're playing a 49ers. If uh, if anybody does uh, their first time listening, that was all sarcasm all for sarcasm, the last 19 yeah. seconds. Ugh. Yeah, Saints and um, Falcons. I, I mean, Kamara has been uh, has, has been Kamara has been a a weird play this year. He's only scored in one game, hasn't scored a touchdown in seven weeks. Uh, it's just it's been a strange year for him. But I just think that the the, the targets are are there though. He's got. 10, 10, 9, and 8 targets the last four weeks. They're really using me out of the backfield. I think they're going to have to this week. I just think 7,000 in a full PPR setup. I don't like him as much on FanDuel, um, but I really like him in a, in a, in a, in a point-per-reception league. I, I think the Kamara is underpriced this week, and he's going to end up a end up a solid play for sure with a chance of uh, being a really good play at the price. Yeah, I think that's a good read. My my biggest issue, I mean, the targets are are great, but like the rushing volume is just not there. 
Um, yeah, he's I mean, been he, he ran for six yards of carry last year. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he's been yeah. successful, but they just don't give him enough carries because they have Latavius Murray to kind of ease up Kamara's workload. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he he's an electric player, obviously has tons of upside. Uh, and then we get a discount this week because of the matchup. Yeah, and this game is essentially a playoff game. It's uh, it, it, these teams are fighting for number one seed. The yeah. 49ers are fighting for you know a bye the first week. Like you, you go from the one seed to the five seed. That's three road games in the playoffs. It becomes almost impossible to make the Super Bowl. Whereas you get uh, two home games, and suddenly you're a favorite for the Super Bowl. It's a uh, it's, it's a huge game for both teams. I think that the it's going to be a week where um, they're going to lean on Kamara. They're going to use him uh, in more of a uh, more of a, uh, a featured role than they do some weeks when they're you know going to win or ease off him a little bit. I think it's going to be a big Kamara week, and I. I just, I think he's, I think he's mispriced. Uh, I think that's, that's a, a good read. I actually was initially very interested in the guy right below him on DraftKings, and that's Aaron Jones. Actually, I don't know if he's right. Yeah, he is. Um, Jones has two more carries than Alvin Kamara in the last three weeks combined. It's the the Green Bay thing is just so odd. I mean, Jones played 39 slaps last week, 11 carries for 18 yards, but like got stopped twice at the one and had a touchdown called back on a penalty. So like could have been one of his two or three touchdown games that we've seen in the past. I just there's not enough volume for me to play Aaron Jones at the price. I'm just there's he and Jamal Williams are splitting too much. I'm just I, I'm just not in right now. It's awful. Like it, yeah, you just hope that I mean you don't hope they get hurt. That's that's all. I don't want to be that guy. But it would be nice if only one of them was available because right. uh, they're an easy play home against Washington. But now it's like yep. they're just a complete non-factor now. And awesome. Jones could have 110 yards and two touchdowns on 16 carries, and no one's surprised. But right. when you get that, when the volume's not there, you just have to capitalize so much on each carry. It just be, it, the margins become really thin really fast. Yep, absolutely. And there are guys who are below him who are going to have significantly more volume. And so, yeah, they might not have four touchdown upside, but. Um, He's obviously more likely to not score than to score. Uh, so below him, we have Josh Jacobs this week at 65 on drafting. He's still priced down a little bit. I'm uh, I'm off him right now. Just the fact he didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday. I'm a little bit worried about him playing in this game. But uh, if he does play, uh, the, the game script and game flow with the game against the Titans should be pretty good for Josh Jacobs. We always worry about him in games where they're going to get smoked, and they've been smoked the last two weeks. Yeah. They lost by, I think, over 31 points last two weeks for the first time for the Raiders since, like, the early 70s. Um, if Josh Jacobs is healthy and good to go, uh, he, he's a pretty good play this week, but uh, I'm a little worried about uh, how injured he really is. Yeah, that's exactly how I was feeling. Like, I, I like Josh Jacobs for sure. Um, but, yeah, given that situation, the odd thing about it is that I – like, he's he's in a good spot, and you know he's going to get most of the touches. And yet I was actually going slightly down from him and looking at Melvin Gordon and being like, the matchup yep, isn't as good. Too. And he gets not nearly, or he actually has been getting a good number of carries, but he has somebody else who could take his carries. And yet I was more interested in Gordon than I was Jacobs. Yeah, I was too. Uh, Gordon has 80 plus rushing yards in three of the last four, seeing pretty full touches. I mean, the snap count's not massive, but 22, 14, and 20 carries last three games. He's st- getting more in the mix. And that week, he only had 14 carries. He had five targets. So um, they're definitely using him a lot more. Austin Eckler's still getting his, but you know, they, you can kind of feel them moving towards Gordon a little bit as the season goes on here. Uh, but mostly Jacksonville's just getting smoked on the ground. Uh, yeah. Peyton Barber had two touchdowns last week. Derrick Henry's 159 and two week before. Um, Marlon Mack and, and Jonathan Williams both had over 100 yards the week before that. I mean, they just, they're just getting run on the ground right now. Yeah, and so I think you could make a case to play either Gordon or Eckler. I think Gordon's the safer one just because you know the volume, the rushing volume's there. But, I mean, Eckler's been basically a wide receiver, so 
um, you know, the targets are going that way. But it, it's I don't feel like the the benefit of playing Gordon um, at sixty four hundred is that it's only sixty four hundred. You know, it's a similar situation that we see with Nick Chubb and um, Kareem Hunt. That you know Hunt's going to get the the targets, but I don't I don't have to pay eight thousand for Melvin Gordon, and so it's easier to like know right. that I'm going to get at least slightly fewer targets, but at least I get the salary savings from it. Yeah, it's funny. This is the first week all year where I've really strongly considered Melvin Gordon. I actually bolded him on my sheet. He's going the first time all year where I kind of see it. Uh, you know, moving towards him getting a, a pretty significant uh, snap count, and kind of moving on from the the early season holdout and Eckler is. Eckler's still really good, but you can kind of see them them moving towards Gordon, at least from the from the carry standpoint. For sure. And then you're left with yourself of, do I want to play Gordon and Fournette in the same game? Which is something I said two weeks ago with, was it two weeks? Let me see here. With uh, Derrick yeah, Henry and With Fournette? Derrick Henry. And yeah. uh, I think they combined for uh, 740 points. So <laughs> I think it's okay. Yeah. Well, and Derrick Henry probably had 710 of those. Uh, no, Fournette. That was the game that Fournette decided to actually score touchdowns. Oh, that's so, right. He, he scored twice. And twice. Yeah, 36.9 for Fournette. They both they both did really well, yeah. Yeah, 36.9 and 32.5. Fournette actually outdid Henry. Um, it's funny what touchdowns can do. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, moving down the list a little bit, I want to ask you about uh, someone at 5,400 on drafting, 6,000 on FanDuel. Someone who played 62 snaps last week uh, against a tough New Orleans defense is Devontae Freeman. <sighs> Uh, he was only 17-51, had five targets, four catches. Carolina is not good against the run right now. They gave up 120 yards to, 29 yards to Darius Geis last week and only 10 carries. Uh, 118 on 18 carries to Kamara combined with Latavius Murray the week before that. They've allowed 19 rushing touchdowns to running backs here and three more receiving for 22 to backfield to lead the league. Uh, is this finally a week where Devontae Freeman maybe works in our lineup? Um, I... Oh, that was a that was a negative sigh right there. It, I, I commented in our subscriber chat yesterday that I spent like more than sixty seconds thinking about Freeman. And I just like hated myself. Um, yeah. I think if it was anybody else, like if it was Brian Hill at fifty four hundred at home against Carolina and Freeman was out, I'd be like, yeah, well, I'll play that. And yet, like, I have these completely unnecessary negative connotations with the Falcons. Uh, the Saints are also getting to that point where they're just like always disappointing. Obviously, the price on on Freeman helps that a little bit. Um, he's one of the reasons I really hope Dalvin Cook doesn't play because then like I don't have to worry about Freeman. But right. yeah, I don't know how you don't have him at least in your player pool um, given the matchup and the price. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. It's funny. Gordon Freeman have guys that I have not been interested in most of the year, and they are, they're both guys this week that I, I think are really uh, really solid players for the price. Yeah. The one guy that we that was in between these two um, that I actually thought you were going to bring up was Benny Snell. Um, because, like, they're I playing— actually ha- I have him on my list, but I have him I have him down a little ways. I thought he was going to be cheaper, so when I was making so did my I. rankings, I had, I had him— my, And then I saw 6,100, and I was like, oh, okay. What's funny is that I— Samuels uh, has been so much more uh, expensive for most of the season. So I saw Samuels at 5,000. I'm like, oh, my God, Snell's going to be like 4,200. And I'm like, oh, yep. no, he's he's higher. I'm like, oh, they fixed it. Oh, well. So I didn't feel quite as good about that. But The, the Snell thing is weird. Like, he had 21 and 16 carries last couple weeks, but only played 23 snaps mm-hmm. last week. Um, He's like the ultimate, like, has to score to work out. But, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, if he was like 4,800, I'd probably be in. I'm not in on at 6,100, though, with the snap count. Yep. Totally agree. 
Uh, dropping down a little bit, we have Darius Geis, 4,900 on DraftKings, 6,300 on FanDuel. Um, had a great game script last week as it worked out. They were up on Carolina the whole game. But 120 yards and two touchdowns. He was really, really good, but still only 10 carries and 19 snaps. How do you deal with something like this? A guy who's flashing really well, and I, I poo-pooed him last week. I'm like, he's not playing enough to work out. And obviously, I was wrong. It worked out really well. Uh, the, the, I think the millionaire maker winner had Gary's guys in his lineup when I looked at it. Um, what do you do with him this week? At Green Bay is obviously a really bad game script for them running the ball. I can't imagine they're going to be ahead in the second half. Uh, obviously looks really good, but with this limited snap count, I think I'm still off him this week, and I hope it doesn't burn me again. Yeah, I mean, it's as simple as looking at the game logs that last week was 10 for 129, and the week before that was 10 for 32. Against the Lions, were terrible yeah. against the Rams. That's a great point. And it, so, it's just, you, the, the risk is so high when you're getting 10 carries, you have to hit on big blow-up plays right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted no part of it. The, the other guy, so the reason why I don't feel like I have to play Geis is because uh, Devontae Freeman is, you know, fairly close and can you, can you say his name without sighing beforehand no and another yeah. guy who makes me sigh that i think you could also consider is philip Lindsay, who i played last week much to my detriment oh, but why yeah. not 5300 he had 17 carries which is more than he had uh in any game since uh week three um you know he had 58 yards and doesn't get a ton of targets but 5300 against houston like i don't think it's crazy um, unfortunately he just makes Devonte Freeman look better. Yeah. I went back and forth on Lindsay, whether I was considering him or not. And you kind of have to at the price with a guy that's getting, you know, a significant amount of the work, but he's not doing very much with it right now with a rookie quarterback. I just, uh, I don't know. He probably has to hit a big play to work, but, uh, yeah. I, uh, I liked Lindsay more last week. It didn't work out. Uh, I think I liked Devonte Freeman more this week, yeah. which is, uh, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you it's like kind of, uh, what about uh, what about James White? He uh, talked about a, a garbage time game last oh. week. Like he, the Patriots weren't doing anything, and all of a sudden James White. I looked up, and he had nine million points and a bunch of yards and touchdowns. You're just like, how did this happen? I mean, like it's so frustrating. The Patriots, even when they lose, they 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 manage to frustrate us. Uh, he had 14 carries and 11 targets last week. Uh, New England's going to have to score some this week. This is not a game that they're going to win, you know, 13 to 10 against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to score a little bit, even against the Patriots defense. Uh, what do you do with James White this week? I know he he burned you a couple weeks ago. He had a really bad week when you had him in your cash lineup. Um, 5,500 on drafting, 6,000 on Fandles. Is he back in the mix for you this week? No, I can't do it. Because I, I the, the 14 carries, like, you can't rely on that. That's such an yeah. outlier. Um, he literally, his previous high was nine and the highest after that was six. Uh, and they just don't, I mean, it's just not, no, I, I am not falling into that again. Yeah. I think there's too many options down here from, for me to jump in. Also, uh, two other names I want to mention before we move on to the passing games, uh, Alexander Madison, we've hit on a couple times, 4,500 drafting teams super 5,100 on FanDuel, super cheap on both sides. Obviously, if Dalvin Cook sits, he's going to be a, a full play. Uh, he looked pretty good when he's played. He had five targets last week, too, after Cook left the game. And he's super cheap because Cook got hurt on Monday night. So there was no, uh, you know, the prices were already out. Yeah. We didn't know that, that Dalvin Cook had gotten injured. Uh, obviously, he's going to be in your lineup, your cash lineup, if he's if he doesn't play or if Cook doesn't play. You kind of touched on it earlier, but uh, are you playing him at all if, if Cook does play? No. It's, okay. I mean, that's. Why would I take that risk when I know Devontae Freeman is going to just get all of these? (laughs) Devontae Freeman's so locked in for a great game that you're good. It's all, uh, uh, the Falcons drive me crazy. Yeah. Um, 
But no, I, I don't think it's worth, at least in cash games, I don't think Madison is worth the risk, but I think he's definitely worth it in GPPs. Um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, in the, I'm, a, I'm in the same boat there. Yeah. Yep. Last guy on the list, uh, a guy who's popular to this week in the fantasy circles is Patrick Laird. Uh, 4,100 on DraftKings, 5,500 on FanDuel. He played 43 snaps last week. Uh, he had 10 carries for five yards, so not good there, but did have five targets, had a two-point conversion score and a, and a rushing touchdown. Uh, the Jets play the run well, but, uh, you know, Kalen Balaj is on the IR, so a lot of snaps for Laird. Uh, any interest with him uh, with, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield? I think if you're considering him that's the only thing you should be considering. Like the rushing yard, like he could literally have zero. Like this is a team that held Saquon Barkley to what was it? One yard on 13 carries or something ridiculous like that. Like the jets do very few things very well, but one of them, it might be the only thing they do well is stop the run. And so if you want to pay 4,100 for a running back who is like the fifth guy up for the dolphins and you need him to get, probably eight targets to get enough volume to make it worth it. Um, go right ahead. But I, I don't see the reason to play him. Like, I don't think he's, yeah, I don't think this is a situation where he's so cheap that everyone is going to have him. Uh, even if Madison, even if cook is uh, active and everybody's off Madison, like I don't, I don't see the reason to pay 4,100 for a running back, at least in cash games that probably, you know, has a very good chance of finishing with like fewer than 20 rushing yards. Everybody in the DFS world loves him though. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun for me. I mean, because everybody is saying like my last name and how all of these like oh, very yeah, nice yeah, things yeah. about it. But it's and it's weird. I, you I saw know. he was on. You saw he was on a fantasy football podcast this week, right? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah on a yeah, yeah. Maddox podcast. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched it or listened to it, but it's um like I I get it. Like they're like, oh well, the Jets are terrible, and he can catch passes, and uh, the Jets give up a, a ton of passes, but it's just not. I just don't see the need to play him because um, we have Devontae Freeman at 13 or 14. Yeah, 13. I, uh, I, uh, I don't either. I think I'm going to be off on my, I, I wonder how popular he helped the 16.8 last week. I think that uh, the buzz is there on him a little bit, but uh, not going to be in my lineups. Well, it's funny because he, he's like extremely popular, at least to, like among the fantasy football community. And he has yet to be more than one and a half percent owned in the Millie maker <laughs> and nobody's owning him in cash games. And so it's like, he's, it's kind of a joke that's now like coming to fruition. It is. But like, if he, like, yes, last week was probably a ceiling. Um, uh, I would say very much a ceiling. Yeah. And so, I mean, 16.8 uh, on DraftKings for 4,100 is pretty good for running back, but um, yeah, we, I mean, we've talked about so many running backs that I think are playable this week that it's less about getting value out of Patrick Laird and more that you're that's taking up a roster spot from somebody like Fournette or Henry or Chubb or McCaffrey or Freeman or Kamara or Gordon or Jacobs. Like there is a long list of guys that we can play this week yeah. that you're now taking one of those spots away so that you can play Patrick Laird at forty one hundred. And had 16.8 last week, but had two points the week before that. So uh, there's there's a real uh, a real floor in here too. Yeah, I mean, you can make the argument that like last week's could be his floor, but I think it's also his ceiling. So like, t- ten carries for five yards is well within the range for this week. And like I said, like you need the five to ten uh, targets for him to catch enough passes to make this not only worth it from a did he make value perspective, but also a does that 
does the money that I use to save from Laird get me uh, from, uh, you know, Christian Kirk to Devontae Adams? And it's like, well, it doesn't actually do that if, you know, you play somebody like Freeman or Jacobs because it's just not enough money. Yeah. So let's move on to the let's move on to the pass game. Uh, quarterbacks at the top. We mentioned uh, Lamar Jackson, seventy four hundred on DraftKings, nine thousand this week on yeah, FanDuel. It's crazy. Uh, we talked about his stats last week. Kind of talked about that Niners game uh, enough that we don't need to go back there. Uh, Dak Prescott did do it pretty well against Buffalo last week. A lot of it was in garbage time, but three fifty five and two touchdowns. It was all garbage. Um, Scott. We ta- it was all garbage. Yeah. Well, it was last night for Dak Prescott. Too. Yeah. That too. Uh, yeah. Back to back weeks. I looked up last week, last night, and Dak had like 100 yards in the third quarter, and they had 334 of it. It mm-hmm. was I was I was kind of shocked that happened. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about Lamar this week uh, at Buffalo? Uh, I think he makes more sense on DraftKings than FanDuel. Um, the, Agreed. That I mean, that price is pretty remarkable. Nine thousand. It's not. I mean, Mahomes and Rogers at 8400. It's not that much different, but um, it's different enough that um, you know, with the with the salary cap there, it's not as much of a hit. Although I don't know. I really struggle with quarterbacks this week. Like I think playing Lamar is perfectly fine. Like I don't think on DraftKings it's easier, but like, you know, you pretty much know what you're getting. Um, yep. And then you start going and you're like, if I don't want to play Lamar, like what are my options? And I didn't really have any interest in playing Mahomes at new England. Um, nope, I played Mahomes either. last and... week in a much better spot and not to say he's not going to be better, but like I, I don't need, if I'm going to pay 7,000 for Mahomes on DraftKings, I will pay 74 for Lamar. Um, and then you just start going down there. Aaron Rodgers, home against Washington. That game could be over quickly, could be over because of Rodgers, but like that's a good spot for him. But I, I mean, th- t- today's Aaron Rodgers is not four years ago, Aaron Rodgers. And then I like start looking at Kirk Cousins and I'm like, home against Detroit's a great spot. Banged up running back. Um, you know, who knows? But, I don't know. It's Kirk Cousins, you know, <laughs> no matter how many games he has, I'm still like, oh, it's still just Kirk Cousins. And you just keep going down like Matt Ryan. Ugh. Um, I'll probably I'm I can just probably comfortably never play Matt Ryan again. Just not put myself through it. Like they're never <laughs> there's never going to be a week where he's going to be so much better than everybody else that like maybe if he was forty six hundred, I'd be like, all right, I'll play Matt Ryan. But like there's always somebody else that I'm like, he's within two points of a projection of Matt, of Ryan. So I'll play the other guy. Um, I'd probably skip Watson home against uh, Denver because I think the Denver pass defense is good enough. And here we are with Jameis, um, who, you know, will throw 140 times. And why not? So uh, I, I agree with you to the point that uh, I'm not skipping Deshaun Watson this week. I don't think. Okay. Um Denver is, is really good against the pass, but they've had a lot of multiple touchdown passes the last three weeks to Phillip Rivers, uh, Josh Allen, and Kirk Cousins, so not exactly murderer Zoe right there. Uh, he's just priced way down on drafting. 6500 for Deshaun Watson kind of jumped out to me. My only concern was how much they'll need to throw. You know, you figure that their uh, their defense will play Drew Locke pretty well. Um, but if uh, if Denver can score at all, I kind of like Watson in this game. Uh, you know, he had 234 yards and three touchdowns last week against the Patriots. Obviously, also a really tough defense. I just think in a home game in this spot, I think we're going to get enough out of Deshaun Watson to work at the price. I think that's fair. Um, they and it's weird, like that game that Baltimore murdered them in. He threw 29 passes. Like you would think that he would see like an increase in volume. Like his last four games, 28, 29, 30, and 25 passes. Um, like we were used to seeing him in like the 35 to 40 range for a while. And so 
uh, I don't know. I I'll let you have Watson this week. Yeah, I like their I like his uh, upside a little bit more with Will Fuller back. I think just brings yep. a uh, brings a take the top off the defense kind of uh, kind of factor there. Um, I don't know. I just thought he was uh, I thought he was lower priced than usual. And I think it mm-hmm. uh, usually he's, you know, 7100 or whatever it is. And I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe not enough volume, but at 6500 in this week of quarterbacks, uh, I do I do like him a lot uh, at the price. You mentioned Jameis, $100 cheaper at 6400. Uh finally didn't get uh, didn't get to his 300 yards yeah. last week. Their defense stepped up. So it kind of was a, it was a, it was a different game flow than they're used to. Um he had 300 yards in six straight games before that. Uh but Indy can score a little bit. You got to figure Jameis can be back to slinging it though. Can they score? Like that's my biggest problem with this game. I don't know. Like, that that was my problem too. Is if uh, I need Indy to get to you know seventeen or twenty or twenty three points for Jameis to really have to throw it a lot, and I was uh, I don't know the Indy the Indy offense without T Y Hilton without Eric Ebron's a, a little bit of a weird animal. Right, and like if before the week and you didn't know what the matchups were, and I was like, you can have the quarterback starting against the Bucks for sixty one hundred. You'd be like, yeah, 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 give me that. And like it's Jacoby Brissett, and you're like. Oh, uh, what what else he got? And then you know, yeah, and like, he was he was over 300 yards last week, but under 150 the two weeks prior. Like it's just uh, it's that offense is tough to without Ty Hilton. I find I find it really hard to play a quarterback in that offense right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, but it it feels like a matchup we should want. I it I want. Yeah. What do you think about Baker? I just worry about uh, them Everything. handing the ball off the whole second half. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, the, the, all the guys, it's very strange because, um, like the Lamar is priced kind of in a tier by himself. If you don't consider Mahomes, like he's 600 more than Rogers and then 600 from Rogers is Josh Allen at 62. I have no interest in Allen, at least in cash games, probably in GPPs too. Like that Baltimore defense is good enough, but then the group like below Brissett are all, it's all matchup plays. Like. Darnold and Fitzpatrick against each other in a game that should be just garbage defense against garbage defense. And then you've got a, like a really priced down Drew Brees, like 5,900, um, which kind of goes into what uh, I was saying before about Jerry's article is like these, like Drew Brees should, is usually 6,900. Now we have 5,900 against a very good defense. Um, a but, historically good pass defense. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, is Hodges's price the most egregious one you've ever seen, even though it's only fifty nine hundred? <laughs> like what? Like how is he more than Kyler Murray? The the him ahead of Kyler Murray thing was was very strange. I get that Pittsburgh's a tough uh, tough matchup for Kyler Murray, but I could not believe that Hodges is more expensive than Murray. Like that's wild. So I think Hodges is a fantastic GPP play because like who on earth would actually <laughs> want to play this guy? But again, like against Arizona, you just uh, Hodges Vance McDonald stack and you're set. The real question is, why is Hodges $100 more than Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tannehill, uh, he's another one that, like, I never want to play. I don't think I've actually ever played him. Uh, And every week I'm like, I guess I could have just played Tannehill, and he wouldn't have been fine. But um, The hard hard part on him is just the volumes. Yeah, he doesn't throw. Yeah. The way they play, the efficiency has been really good. Yeah. Uh, great matchup this week against the Raiders. He has multiple touchdowns the last three games, but two of those games are under 200 yards. 35-plus uh, rush yards in three of the last four, although he didn't run it, really run it last week. But, um, you know, the upside is there with Tannehill, but there's just there's, there's a scary floor because of the fact that they just don't throw the ball a ton. They hand the ball a lot to Derrick Henry. They play at a slow pace. It's just one of those things that uh, – 
you look up and Tannehill ends up pretty well, but uh, you're really banking on multiple touchdowns with not a lot of yards. That's always a little bit scary. Yeah, the nice thing about Tannehill, at least in cash games, is he's never owned enough where if he goes off, like, you're dead. So Right, exactly. What about your boy Kyle Allen? Uh, I think I'm off the uh, I'm off the Cal Allen be my boy for a while. Although I I like his receivers, but I just uh, I don't know. I just uh, I don't really trust him. I just don't really see a need to play him this week at least. Yeah, I, I don't either. Do you mentioned Kyler Murray, 5800 DraftKings? Any interest in playing him there? I just uh, I don't really see it this week against Pittsburgh, but you know he always has that upside of a couple rushing touchdowns in the mix. Yeah, I I I get why people would play him. He's just not. He's not there for me this week. And it's it's weird because I was about to say, like, if I'm if I have 58 for Murray, I should I let me just pay six thousand for Fitzpatrick. And I'm like, did, I can't actually say that out loud. Um, but <laughs> I just did. did. So there. Yeah, there it yeah. is. So if you don't go, if you don't go Lamar, where are you going? Um, I th- I think it might be Cousins, which um, makes me sad. Um, but <laughs> I think he's better than. Like I, I think he's better than Ryan. Like matchup wise this week, uh, same need, for Watson. Do you need, and Winston. Do you need Thielen to play to play with the Cousins? Or no, are you okay without him? No, I'm okay. I'm fine without it. That obviously helps, but um, I don't know. Like, is Minshew crazy? I don't think Minshew is crazy. He's like fifty three hundred, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, fifty four. Yeah, I don't. 54. I don't think he's crazy and he has good weapons. I like his receivers. I like all three of his receivers. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it scares me a little bit. Uh, I don't think they would take him out. You know, I think they've committed to him. So I think he's kind of the guy right now. I just, uh, I don't know. I don't think they're, I don't think the ceiling's very high with Minshew, but, um, and I just, I just don't like going against the Chargers past defense. That's kind of their one, their one really strong, uh, really strong spot. So I, I probably will not go with him. The Chargers have allowed under 220 yards passing the last four quarters. That's the facts they played, including, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers in that mix. So I just don't think I'm going against this past D. Okay. That's fair. Um, how about going against the Vikings pass defense, which is terrible. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going with uh, David Blau, but uh, yeah, the Vikings pass defense is Xavier Rhodes in particular has not been good. He's dead. Yeah, he, it's it's like actually a unit you want to attack. Um, it is, and they have they have two really good receivers, yeah, and you know Blau's 5200. Yeah, uh, I'd play him over over Kyle Allen and Minshew for sure. Would you play him over Derek Carr? Five thousand uh, thousand percent. I there's thousand no percent. you can't. I can't find a way that I'd play David Derek Carr uh, <laughs> unless he was like twenty two hundred. Okay, okay. I, I don't think Derek Carr is good. I think Derek Carr is probably the most overrated player in the NFL. Do people think he's that good, or you actually think he's like the worst player in the NFL? And people are like, no, he's average. And so you're like, yeah, so he's overrated. I think going into probably maybe the middle of last year, year before, people thought he was really good, and now people think he's average. And I don't think he's either of those. I really, I just he literally just checks down every time. Like he just will not get hit. He just he throws the ball of his hands so fast. He just kills that offense with how quickly he gets rid of the ball. And it's just all they do is check down and throw a quick pass. He just he doesn't do anything. I just I don't think he's good. I will admit that. Sorry, sorry to all those Las Vegas Raider fans out there. <laughs> I'm willing to admit that every other time I talk about him, I call him David. Uh, you, I do it about 75 percent of the time. Yeah, so you're still doing better than me. Yeah, it's the same. I, it, I have the same problem with the ter- uh, Derek and Travis Henry. Um, that and, <laughs> and Hen- at least the Travis Henry has. Travis Henry has more children. Yeah, yeah, probably. Actually, by a lot. No idea. By a lot. Is he it like, like a Sean Kemp situation? Like, uh, very similar to Sean Kemp. Oh, okay. 
in terms of children and how many different yeah in terms of children i think he's like 10 or something like 10 or 11 yeah it's uh it's very sean kepish i should have dropped antonio cromarty at least kept it as a football conversation oh well although Antonio Cromarty doesn't know his kids names oh he probably knows them by now (laughs) that was a great clip though (laughs) um Let's jump into wide receivers, but first a note from our other sponsor, Armchair Quarterback. Armchair Quarterback is a real-time game where you predict the next play during a live football broadcast. You know what the next play is going to be, predict it and earn points. Climb the leaderboard and increase your chances to win tickets and other prizes. It's the perfect way to make watching games more exciting. We have a special league for all RotoWire subscribers, and we'll be posting the leaderboard online and by mentioning them here. This week we're playing the Eagles-Giants Monday Night Game, so if you need a reason to watch the Eagles-Giants game, this is definitely a good reason. You can also form your own league with your fancy friends. The full schedule and game information is available at armchairquarterback.com. Armchair quarterback. Make every game bigger. So, Andy, we talked about the receivers at the top are a little uh, a little less exciting than usual. We have Michael Thomas going against this 49ers defense that we've already mentioned is really good against the pass. Uh, I think, like Kamara, that uh, they're going to have to get the ball out so quickly. He's going to get a lot of targets, obviously. Um, but the last wide receiver one to have over 50 yards in the Niners was Juju Smith-Schuster in week three. Silly. The last wide receiver to – there's only been one wide receiver since week three to have 75 yards, any wide receiver, and that was Andy Isabella, and that was an 88-yard <laughs> catch that right. uh, kind of was a freak play that, uh, you know, it was like a little – it was like a 15-yard pass that turned to an 88-yard play. That's the only guy over 75 yards from a receiver on them since week three. There were so many articles after that after that game, too. They were like, oh, Isabella's the guy. Isabella's the guy, and um, he's not He's not the guy. Um, <laughs> Isabella's not the guy. Not the guy. Um, yeah, I – have no interest in Thomas or Tyreek Hill this week. Uh, I think Devonte Adams is the first one that that I'm considering paying up for. Uh, obviously, um, what you do with McCaffrey is going to affect what you you know. If you have McCaffrey, you probably don't have um, money for these guys unless you end up like McCaffrey, Freeman, and uh, Madison if he play if he's ends up getting all those touches. So, um, I mean, Adams like. The, the matchup is great, and you know he's getting double-digit targets. Two touchdowns last week, finally. Uh, he's not really getting the, the yardage that we're used to seeing for a guy getting this many targets, but um, like, how do you argue against 10 targets every week? Yeah, especially coming from Aaron Rodgers, and he's just so clearly their only guy that uh, Rodgers really trusts. You mm-hmm. can tell that... Um, a little bit with Alan Lazard last week. Uh, you know, you could tell that uh, Rodgers kind of starting to trust him. He does not trust Allison or Marquez Valdez-Scantling at no. all. Um, at least six catches for Adams in six straight. He's $1,000 more this week on drafting than he was last week. The 7000 last week was such an odd price yep. for a guy that uh, – I know he hadn't scored the touchdowns, but obviously it was going to be really heavily played at that price, and yeah, he came through square. pretty big time with – yeah, with two touchdowns on 10 targets. Um, yeah, I like I like Adams week. I mean, the only concern is that they run the ball a lot in the second half, but I think that uh, if they do that, it's because Adams probably did pretty well in the first half. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's it's odd to see just how the pricing breaks down. Like, Diggs seems to be priced for no Thielen, um, and it's obviously been yeah. a while since we've seen Thielen. So. But, like, when are you going to get 7,400 for um, Hopkins, 73 for Godwin, or 72 for Mike Evans? Like, those are, like... Whoa, those are really good yeah. prices. And even even Julio Jones there, seven hundred. I know that he he's got some risk with the injury, but you don't see him down there either. Yeah, I, I don't. I actually just cross him off my like. I don't actually. I have a. <laughs> I have something on my computer that just takes out Julio Jones from now on. So I, I thought you were say you're going to have a Falcons as your as your as your backdrop on your computer. No, just the opposite. Just the opposite. Um, <laughs> so I the think... question I have for you is: You mentioned Stephon Diggs. Um, with all those names beneath him, is anybody going to play him this week? 
Um, I think, I mean, that, I think it's a perfectly stackable game. So in that sense, he's part of it. So, um, I, uh, I kind of like digs and GPPs this week, just for the fact you mentioned it, you know, Hopkins, Godwin Evans below him. It's so easy to click on those other names or you jump up to Devonte Adams. I think he kind of gets lost in this mix. He had seven for one forty-two on Detroit last game. It's been a weird year for digs. Yeah. He has exactly zero games between 50 and hundred yards gained this year. Zero. Really? Seven under 55 over a hundred. That's crazy. Like, no just average, like, right. Stephon Diggs, you know, seven for 75 weeks. There's nothing in the middle. Um, Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller had 226 yards combined on Detroit last week. There were two Cowboys that went over 100 yards the two weeks or the two weeks ago before that. I just think this defense is really struggling. I, you got to figure that they're going to put Dar- Darius Slay on Diggs, which maybe tempers a little bit. But, I don't know, in a, in a GPP kind of game theory situation where all these, you know, big-name guys are right beneath him, he has a chance to really go off against Detroit. Uh, I like him at a GPP this week. I think that uh, paying up for him will be something that not many people do. Uh, I think that's a good read. I yeah, I don't think there are people who are like have 7,200 and they're like, all right, I can play Evans or Godwin. And they're like, right. oh, let me find the 400 for Diggs. Like, so, no one. No yeah, one, right? Or you've been like, I'm not, not going to pay 7,600 Diggs. I can just go to Andre Hopkins for 7,400 and call it a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think that's the right read. Hopkins doesn't have a good matchup himself. Like I assume Chris Harris is going to be on him, but uh, they've been uh, Detroit's been leaking a little bit though. I mean, they, Keenan Allen scored last week. Mike Williams had 117 yards on them. Uh, both Cole Beasley and John Brown scored the week before that. Although Brown didn't, Brown didn't have a lot of yards on Chris Harris. Um, yeah, yeah. Hopkins only five for 64 last week. Obviously, he had the passing touchdown late in the game mm-hmm. on that uh, on that trick play that definitely helped his line. He has at least eight targets in every game, but uh, but the one game in week three, uh, he's really heavily involved, but. I don't know. It's hard to pay hard to pay up for him in a week that he just faced Chris Harris. Yeah, yeah, I, and and he's more expensive than Godwin and Evans. I think yep. the the more interesting conversation are the guys just below that group. Um, like we talked about them earlier because they're now expensive. Like DJ Moore seven thousand on DraftKings, Devontae Parker sixty nine hundred, Kenny Galladay against that Minnesota pass defense that we said is so bad sixty seven hundred, Keenan Allen against Jacksonville sixty six. Like, are these guys? worth playing or are they worth skipping because you can play Godwin and Evans or um, Diggs? I, uh, I lean towards the latter. I think that, uh, you know, the, the price difference between those guys and Evans, Godwin, um, you know, maybe Hopkins, I probably not play Hopkins this week, but Godwin, Evans and Diggs, even DJ Moore, who I, I like again this week. I still think he's not priced uh, up enough, uh, especially on fan. There's only 7,100 there, 7,000 on DraftKings. Usually there's, there's a big, bigger difference in the price with the way the cap works there. Mm-hmm. But there's a guy that you, there's a guy you skipped and it's, uh, it's Julian Edelman, 7,100 on DraftKings. Usually he's a little bit higher Double-digit targets in seven straight games. He is their only receiver right now. I mean, Dorsett is uh, kind of in the mix and Muhammad Sanu, but Edelman is literally the focus of this pass offense right now. Uh, seven catches in five of those seven games. Casey's been good against the pass, though. Haven't allowed a 90-yard receiver since week one, but in a game where New England's going to have to throw the ball, going to have to score a little bit, uh, Edelman at 7100 drafting kind of seems like a, a very playable price to me. Uh, yeah. I mean, I... I get it, but I don't know. He's just so boring. <laughs> like somehow I'm he's, convinced myself that Evans is better. He's very boring, and I wouldn't play him on FanDuel at 7600 just because not the full PPR. But right. at 7100 DraftKings, I could see uh, I could see him getting 12, 14 targets a week pretty darn easily. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the right read. Yeah. 
I, uh, I like Evans, too. 7,200 DraftKings seems like he's he's priced down 11 targets last week. Only has four catches for four games in a row. Um, Tennessee uh, didn't do much on Indy last week, although Khalif Raymond did beat them deep. They've had a little bit of issue with the deep ball. Will Fuller had 140 yards in the week before that. DJ Chark was was good with two touchdowns the week before that. Uh, Indy's weakness has been kind of the, the t- over-the-top ball in the defense, and the Evans kind of works out well there. Uh, you know, high-pointing jump balls for Mike Evans. Uh, I think I like Evans more than Godwin this week, but as we've said many, many times, impossible to kind of predict the two. Right, yeah. <laughs> there's really nothing like I can add to that. I'd be like, no, this is why it's an Evans. Exactly. Like, and I, I think nothing. that the first quarter of the season, we kind of tried to do that. And I think we realized that there's, there's no real rhyme or reason to which guy goes off each week. Yeah. The only thing is that Evans has gotten more targets recently. Yeah. And he feels like he's due for a, a Mike Evans blow up game. He always has a couple of those. And I, it, it feels like it's coming and that's not really a scientific reason to play him, but uh, 7,200 draft. Cause I think he's, he's priced really nicely this week. It's literally the opposite of a scientific reason. It is the opposite. I like, I like, I like those. It's a gut reason, you know. You Every go. once in a while, you need one of those. Yep. Uh, if Julio Jones doesn't play, I think he's going to. Uh, what do you do with Calvin Ridley at sixty-seven hundred on drafting sixty-nine hundred on Fanduel? Um, the Falcons aren't in my player pool, so I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, 14, 24 targets the last two weeks, fourteen and ten over eighty-five yards three weeks in a row. The Panthers have allowed a hundred-yard receiver in three out of four. Am I getting you there on on the Falcons' offense yet? I mean, I would rather play Galladay or Cortland Sutton or Landry, okay. I think. Maybe not so Landry, but... That's a, that's a good segue to the to the Browns this week. Really good matchup against Cincinnati. You know, obviously we talked earlier with Baker Mayfield how much they're going to throw. Jarvis Landry, 6,500 on DraftKings, 24 targets last two weeks, double-digit targets in three of four. But what do you do with Odell Beckham? Uh, obviously supremely talented, but has not done much all year. 6,300 on DraftKings is... I never thought we'd see Odell Beckham at 60, a healthy Odell Beckham at 1600 on DraftKings. Um, he has one touchdown since week two. He has one 100 yard game since week two. Last week was the third game this year. He's been under 30 yards. These all seem like impossible stats with someone as good as Odell Beckham. I think this is just a clear sign of what happens when you stop playing with Eli Manning. <laughs> <laughs> that that's your takeaway is that he needs more Eli in his life. I mean, the the stats are the stats. He was better with the does have does have 32 targets the last four weeks. Um, I am so tempted by this price, but then I look at all the stats and I'm like, if it's, his name wasn't Odell Beckham, would I even consider the stat line? Yeah, no way. No way. If anything, I'd rather play Tyler Boyd in the same game. 5,900 on DraftKings. That's a scary statement, but it's hard to hard to really refute it. I, uh, I think Odell is a nice GPP guy this week with the thought that it's going to blow up at some point. But again, going with the non-scientific stuff, I think he's only a GPP play. But 6,300, I think you can, uh, I think you can get away with that one, and he doesn't have to be fantastic to play to pay off decently. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we're going to say this every week until he, until he does it. Like he, I think, I think that's really the problem. Is and a couple weeks ago he did have the long touchdown, uh, and then the week before that he had a long touch, or long touchdown called back. Uh, but you're right. It's we could say the same thing every week. It's going to happen at some point. Maybe there's only four weeks left in the season, but it's it's happened so infrequently that uh, overall he's been he's been a very losing play if you used him a lot this year. Yeah, I mean, like, what is the difference between like Beckham and John Brown or Will Fuller or I'm just thinking well, of like the Terry John McLaurin. Brown, John Brown's just been way better is the difference. There. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah I, Will Fuller is a pretty good, pretty good comp. Like some good games and some really bad ones. Will Fuller should have had a touchdown last week, but uh, dropped it in the back of the end zone, mm-hmm. which was 
maddening as someone who had Will Fuller in a draft league that needed that. But, uh, you know, Kyle Rudolph came through, so it, did, it ended up working out. Um, you mentioned Cortland Sutton, 6,400 on DraftKings. Nice game script this week against Houston. They should be trailing. He meshed pretty well with Drew Locke last week. Only five targets, but had two touchdowns and 74 yards on those on his four catches. Uh, you like Sutton this week? Uh, I think you can make a case for him every week. Like, I think he's turning into yeah. one of these guys that, like, no matter who the quarterback is, he'll be able to produce. He doesn't get quite as many targets as you want, which is kind of disappointing, or at least he didn't last week. Um, but normally he's in, like, the eight or nine range, and if he gets back there, like, it seems like a pretty easy play to me. Um, it's just a matter of, like, how horrific Drew Locke is. Yeah, and he, he looked okay last week. Had some had some spurts there. I think he looked, definitely looked better than Brandon Allen, so I think it's a little step up from there. But mm-hmm. it'd be nice for Cortland Sutton to play with a really good quarterback at some point. At some point, right. It's not. You mentioned Lack. Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd, 5,900 on DraftKings. Uh, 19 targets the last couple weeks after he kind of complained about his role in the offense. Always love the wide receiver squeaky wheel, squeaky wheel narrative. Um, should be a nice game script. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. Um, are you worried about John Ross being back affecting Boyd's targets at all? Not really. Yeah, me either. I think Ross is going to be more of a uh, spot deep guy, and you know Boyd will be the guy seeing uh, most of the passes. But fifty nine hundred is a good price on there in a really good game script. I, I like that one also. You mentioned Will Fuller, fifty five hundred on DraftKings, only two targets last week, uh, just missed his touchdown. He had one hundred forty yards two weeks before that. I think Will Fuller is the the pure definition of a GPP play. <laughs> uh, not, not a cash game guy, but a GPP guy at the price that uh, can can always go off. Yep, he. Uh, I mean, he was a. It was a cash play that one game. Uh, when was it that he exploded? Uh, week five against Atlanta. Oh yeah, and he was terrible was before game. that. And then yeah, yeah. two seventeen and three touchdowns. Everybody had him. Um, yeah, I, I I don't need to play him this week. But there are a number of like very reasonable cash game guys in here. I mean, Jamison Crowder against the Dolphins, I think, is worth playing. What do you think about Zach Pascal? The second yeah, best I mean, obviously you're sports. assuming no T.Y. Hilton. He was 5,500 this week. Uh, he had 10 targets last week, yeah. you know, with no T.Y. Hilton, no Eric Ebron, seven catches, 109 yards. He's gonna get uh, he's gonna get targets. He's going against a sketchy defense uh, versus wide receivers. They have not been good against wide receivers. I, I have no problem with Pascal this week. There's a a couple guys below him I like more, I think, but I would not argue against using him at the price. Yeah, I think I agree. You mentioned Jamison Crowder. What about your boy in the same game, Robbie Anderson at 5,100 on DraftKings? Uh, he's always a GPP play for me, but I think I think he'll actually be popular because I think people are going to stack this game. Like I think enough people have seen that Dolphins games have points, and the Jets have at times been able to put points on the board. And so, if you're ever going to build a GPP lineup with Jets in it, Robbie Anderson has to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean it's wild. You look at this defense, the the Dolphins. They've given up 130 plus yards to a wide receiver in three weeks in a row. That is a wild stat. That is crazy. 10 targets last week for Anderson, seven catches for 101 yards, back-to-back, really nice weeks. I think he's breaking out of that, you know, only a GPP guy at the moment. I, I think that, uh, you know, the Dolphins get up seven touchdowns wide receivers last three weeks. I really like Anderson at the price. 5,100 on DraftKings, I'm definitely going to be playing him. Yeah, I think the the difficulty is that, like, Crowder's only 200 more, like, for cash games, and he's, like, Crowder's the, usually the higher target guy, and so... Um somehow only caught two of nine targets last week for eight yards, but oh. um, yeah, but I, uh, I like well. Anderson. I like Anderson more in cash and GPP this week. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think they're, I think they're shifting the offense a little bit more towards him. I mm-hmm. think uh, I, I'd, I'd rather play him in both formats. Okay. Okay. Anybody else in the, in the 5,000 range you want to talk about before I jump right down, way down to the cheap guys. Um, I think they're slightly cheaper than this. Not quite the five K, but like, I think Curtis Samuel, 
is always a solid GPP option, particularly against Atlanta, um, who never shockingly plays good defense out of nowhere. Um, I like Mike Williams a lot. Um, I do too. The, he's, he's, he's bright bolded on my sheet here. Yeah. He, uh, you know, he's not like a high target guy, but he gets really long plays. I mean, looking like he's almost guaranteed for a long play every game. Um, he's had at least one 20 yard reception in uh, every game since week one. Um, and he's had longs like if you just look at his long plays, 43, 56, 45, 50 and 52 in his last five games. Like if you do that, you don't necessarily need eight targets. And so he happened to get seven last week, uh, this game. Um, I think that both of these teams can score points. It's just a matter of whether it happens, but at 4,500, uh, Williams seems like a pretty good risk to take. Uh, I love him on DraftKings at 4,500. He had 10 touchdowns last year. Mm-hmm. 10. Yeah. Still has zero. Him and uh, him and Robert Woods are still on pace to break the all-time record for uh, receiving yards in a season with no touchdowns. It's crazy. Do you know who owns the record? Most receiving I'm asking, yards. I'm asking you for a reason. Oh, okay. Uh, Keyshawn? Uh, go back a little bit. Oh, further? Um, I don't know. Jets best receiver in the Altoon? 80s. Altoon is the answer. Yeah. <sighs> 963 yards without a touchdown is the record, and both Williams and Woods are on pace to break it this year. Jeez. Why do I like this team? <laughs> Altoon was the man. I love that dude. It's just fun to say, Altoon. It was fun. He was good, though. He, he was, was really good. good. He was good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, two other guys a little bit lower. I always like to find a couple of really cheap guys. Uh, Chris Conley, again, uh, mm-hmm. 4,000 on DraftKings. He, he's on a really good target run. He only had five last week, but still had four catches, 57 yards. So, you know, almost 10 DraftKings points without doing very much. Tough matchup this week against the Chargers, kind of the one reason I'm uh, I'm not as big on Conley as I was last week. Yeah. Um, I get it. I get it. I probably won't play him, though. Anybody in the 3,000s at wide receiver you like? Because I have one. Uh, I've, I've seen a bunch of talk about Kelvin Harmon. Ah, oh, that was the one I had. Damn, um, I thought it was a little sneakier than that. You're not? Sorry. Um, Damn it. I I mean, are we really going to play Kelvin Harmon? Like, what? Uh, six, six, sell, and five targets honest, the last, six, six, and five targets the last three weeks, 40-plus yards in all three weeks. Uh, you know, I think it's just a, it's a punt game script kind of thing you know, with the thought they're going to have to throw the ball a ton against Green Bay. Uh, they're going to be losing the whole game. Uh, he's getting more and more involved in the offense. Uh, not as sold on him as I have been on some of my 3,000 guys in the past. Um, but I think if you need a punt guy, I like him more than Conley this week. Uh, he's the only guy under 4,000 this week that I really, really was interested in, which is a little bit different than Norm. Um, I think he's playable, but not one that I would really sell on you, sell sell you hard on. Is he really better than Kenny Stills? Uh, just because I think Stills is the third guy in that offense. But yeah, Stills has the Stills has the upside. How much is Stills? 30. They're the same price, I think. Uh, I just lost yeah. him. Yeah, same price. Yeah, I could see, I could see Stills. I could see, I could see arguing for that one in, in an offense that uh, obviously playing with a, a way better quarterback, and that's uh, way does not uh, does not describe that enough. The difference between Deshaun Watson and, and Dwayne Haskins. Do you know who might be the most overrated player in the NFL? Derek Carr. <laughs> Other than Derek Carr, uh, I don't. Tell me, Tim Patrick. Uh, I'm just sorry, kidding about yeah. that, obviously, but. Yeah. Um, that was a that was a that was a bad one. He he was really good the week before that. He was he was, and then he uh, had two targets last week. Didn't catch any of them, um, and now his price is up because uh, I guess because they're playing Houston. But uh, I like keep going back to him too, and I'm like, oh, he's still cheap. I'm like, oh, let's yeah. uh, oh, that's why he's so cheap. 
I was uh, I was burned on that one, and I have not gone back since. Okay. Last one is uh, Paris Campbell. 3,200, five targets last week, 53 yards, and he had three rushing attempts for 27 yards. Um, the plan against Tampa, 3,200. What do you think? Uh, I don't think we're talking about the same guy. What do you mean? Paris Campbell? Yeah. I have him uh, as no no snaps last week. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Last game. Last game. His last. Oh, game. I got you. Okay. His last game. Okay. His last game. I His got last you. game. Yes. He's. I mean, uh, everybody's out again. Like he's supposed to be yeah, back. He had the he had the broken hand in week yes. nine. Um, he's a receiver, so hands don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Um, I'm gonna leave you with uh, with uh, Paris Campbell with Jacoby Brissett. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Kelvin Harmon instead on that one. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, it's a, uh, it's, it's a weird week with that. Uh, usually there's, there's a little more, a few more receivers down here that I like. I didn't find quite as many kind of guys that were falling into targets. That I like to find what I'm sorry. The last guy we, we skipped him because he's in my dummy lineup here. Auden Tate at 4,000. He was the guy that with John Ross back kind of worried me a little bit, how much the, uh, how much the snaps and target share is going to work. But yeah, I mean, seven targets again last week. I, I never had a problem playing. Didn't I think Tate's really good. I just, uh, I don't know. The Cleveland defense is pretty good, especially against the pass. It's probably not a week that I'm going to go to him. Okay. There's a great video somebody posted on Twitter, 60 seconds of Auden Tate catches. And based fully just on that highlight reel, he's a very good football player. Yeah, he definitely is very good. I like watching him play for sure. Uh, Let's jump into the tight ends. We've gone a little bit long here, as we tend to do. We like to talk about football. Um, Tight ends at the top. Uh, do you like do you like Travis Kelsey this week against New England? That seems like a tough matchup. Uh, Austin Hooper's price like he kind of has never left. Uh, anybody at the top you like? Uh, Kittle, Darren Waller. What are you doing with the top end of tight ends here? Uh, we finally got the Waller good game again, which was nice. We did. Last we, week. we timed we timed that one well too. We kind of yeah. jumped back in last week. That was uh, as bad as my Nick Foles call was last week. The Darren Waller call did work out. <laughs> I think the problem is that I I don't. I never got a build where I was like, yeah, let me get one of these guys in that. One of these guys is like Kelsey Hooper, Kittle, Waller, Andrews. And, um, once you do that, you're like, all right, well, let me get like a cheap Jack Doyle. And you're like, nope, 4,600. And you're like, okay, who's playing Arizona? Oh, 4,300 for Vance McDonald. You're like, nope. Uh, Hunter Henry, uh, 5,100. And you're like, um, I don't think I need to do that either. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, Mike Gusecki against the Jets, 4,000. Like, I don't want to play that. And you just keep going, like, I don't want to play anybody until I finally got to uh, Ian Thomas at 2,500 if Greg Olson <laughs> yep. sits. And I think yeah, I, uh, I think everybody's going to have him this week. Yeah, 2,500 is just so tempting. And you look at his game logs and, like, the end of last year when he kind of started to play a bunch, he was pretty decent. Like yep. he had a he had a couple games with touchdowns. He had a nine for seventy seven game against Cleveland in week fourteen last year. Had four different games. We had over forty five yards, which is you know not overly exciting, but at twenty five hundred, um, those games where he played snaps at the end of the year. The the start of the year was rough. Everybody liked him at the start of the year when when Olson was had had the foot issue to start of the year and he was really rough. Dropped a bunch of passes. Uh, he dropped a touchdown in one of those games that I, I remember everybody on Twitter just freaking out about. But uh, end of the year, he kind of came around. Last week, he played 32 snaps after Olsen went out, had four catches, 24 yards. It's hard to get away from Thomas at 2,500, which is uh, which is kind of scary. Um, no, you can't be scared at 2,500, especially you, you can't. It just it, it seems it seems too obvious at 2,500, which which never seems to work out. <laughs> um, that's a that's a fair assessment. Yeah, I think um, 
I think that's okay. That's okay. Like one catch for eight yards at 2,500 is frustrating, but uh, what you're able to do elsewhere, like obvious, I think the McCaffrey Thomas duo will be extremely highly owned um, at least in terms of, of pairs. Um, the difficulty with Olsen is, I mean, it's a, it's possible that he is not ruled out at all. Like we could see him on Saturday, get cleared and then he'll play and which would just ruin uh, Thomas. But I just don't see a reason to pay up or I, I don't see a path of paying up where you're like sacrificing other spots so that you can play Waller or, or uh, Andrews or something like that. Whereas I'd be perfectly content playing Noah Fant, even though the targets really haven't been there either for him. Um, but like paying down, I, I just keep doing it in, for tight ends and, Thomas is giving me another reason to do that this week. Why would Carolina push Greg Olson right. at all, though? Exactly. I mean, they're they're out of their five and seven. They're out of the playoffs. They just fired their coach. I can't fathom they push someone like Greg Olson with a with a head injury right now. I hope not. What about uh, what about Jared Cook? Uh, we talked about this Niners defense is really really good against the pass, but forty two hundred on DraftKings. He's sixty five hundred on FanDuel as a comparison. I mean, it's a way different price. The price on DraftKings seemed really low to me. Last two weeks, he has 14 targets. He's six for 99 and a touchdown in one, three for 85 in the other. As I watch Saints games, he really thinks, seems like the third receiving option behind Kamara and Michael Thomas and kind of the second receiving option you know, down the field. It's Thomas and then it's Cook. You, you're kind of looking for Traquan Smith or Ted Ginn. Every time I look up, it's Jared Cook on these, on these plays down the field. Um, I think if you're going to pay up a little bit, I think Cook is really interesting in a game where, um, you know, the Saints are probably going to have to score a little bit. The 49ers should score a little bit, although, you know, the Saints defense is really good. But um, I think Cook's just kind of underpriced at DraftKings this week. It, it was odd to me that he's, he's priced that low. Uh, I think it just fits in with the other Saints that are pushed down because yeah they really they really are priced down against the Niners they yeah. uh, DraftKings really made a concerted effort of that this week yep yep so I think um, as somebody who believes in the 49ers defense I think it's a fair price <laughs> you love to point that out don't you it's uh I get very few things right and so I'm willing to take the victory lap on that one. Yeah, I uh, I'm not going with the uh, on Fanduel. I definitely wouldn't go with uh, any of the topping guys. I would not go with Kelsey. Uh, I think Darren Waller on Fanduel priced down a thousand less than than Kelsey's. Nice if you want to go there, but you know Thomas is only four thousand on Fanduel, so it's tough. Uh, you know Doyle's sixty three hundred there, Cook sixty five hundred. So I I do like Waller on Fanduel at a cheaper price than those guys. I think Jordan Kittle's gonna have a really good game this week. I think that they're going to his bad games have been both games in the rain where they just couldn't throw the ball. He's such a huge part of their offense in a dome. I think they're really gonna use him a lot this week. But like you said, it's hard not to just drop down to, to Ian Thomas and kind of play it from there. Yep, yep, that's my read. All right, so uh, let's jump into defense real quick before we get out of here. Um, any defenses that uh, that are on the cheap, cheap side do you like this week? Um, yes, actually. Um, I really like the Bengals. How cheap are the Bengals? 2,100. That is that is cheap going against uh, going against the Browns. Uh, broken, the Mayfield with a broken hand or, you know, something like that. Um, I think you could play – yeah, I think the Bengals at 21 is worth – thinking about i think the colts at 2400 against tampa i mean yep. anytime you can play Jameis winston i think that's worth taking uh the arizona defense is horrific but um 2400 at home against pittsburgh is not i think you'd consider that if the bengals and and colts weren't so close to them um i think those are the pay down ones i was considering i got another one in the pay down range at 2300 on DraftKings is tampa bay Okay. Uh, 11 sacks the last two weeks. They first forced four turnovers last week. And Indy last week 
gave up three sacks and turned the ball over three times. I think if you're going to go super cheap on DraftKings, I don't know if I'm going to go quite that cheap. The Ravens are only 2,900, so I probably would pay up there uh, if I'm going to try and save some money. I'd probably go 2,900, but if I'm going to go super cheap, I need the extra money. I think Tampa Bay is the way that I go. Hmm. Yeah, they've had touchdowns in back-to-back weeks too. Yeah, and they've been really bad all year on defense, and you can kind of see the last year of the weeks. Uh, you know, Shaq Barrett's been really good. It's uh, it's just turning around a little bit, and I think there's enough there that uh, if I'm going to pay way down, it's probably going to be for them over the over the Bengals. And I did I didn't know the Colts too against Tampa, but uh, I think I think Tampa's the defense I'm paying down for this week. Okay, I see it. In that uh, in that mid range, you know, kind of in the three thousands on DraftKings, the four thousands on FanDuel. Is there a, do you have a favorite defense among the one the more popular ones? Um, it's actually probably one that I'll stay out of the 49ers at 2700 is really tempting though that's uh that's cheap they're gonna get pressure on drew Brees. you know obviously you don't like going against the saints defense but uh you gotta think the niners uh put a lot of pressure on a quarterback that can't really move out of the pocket as much that's that's how i was feeling yeah um i like minnesota a lot this week against sure. detroit uh, their past defense is bad but they do get sacks detroit's allowed eight sacks the last two weeks uh, they are facing a rookie quarterback if you're gonna pay up a little bit i think they're my favorite one a lot of people like uh cleveland going against the Bengals. i could see that uh they do get uh they do get a lot of sacks they only had one last week but they ate the week before that uh green bay will be popular again going against uh, Dwayne haskins but uh the, you know four thousand draftings five thousand on family just to the point where uh, i'm a little worried about paying that much yeah yeah, yeah. i just uh i struggle to get the build there that Allows me to do that. How about uh, how about your Jets? Priced down a little bit on FanDuel. Actually, forty one hundred there, thirty two hundred on DraftKings. Uh, they had four sacks against the Dolphins last uh, last time they played. Miami's allowed fourteen sacks the last three games. Um, I think it's fine. Um, I'm just trying to check here if Jamal Adams is uh, going to play or not. Like he's yeah, he hasn't played at all this week or hasn't practiced at all this week, and he's such an integral integral part of that defense that. Um, I, I'd probably stay away from it this week. The Dolphins, uh, Dolphins have scored a touchdown on 25% of their drives since Ryan Fitzpatrick took over. They were, uh, they were 454 with Josh Rosen. I think that's a, that was a pretty big shift. Jeez. Does that mean Josh that Rosen, Rosen, like, what does that tell us? It tells me that, uh, Josh Rosen is who is, is who I thought he was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But does I it tell us that Fitz is good or is it just that he's taking over for somebody who is so bad? Uh, I think it tells that Fitz is a professional NFL quarterback and gets stuff done can be pretty average. Okay. Okay. But Josh Rose, I mean, I watched enough games living here in LA, Josh Rose and UCLA. I just did not get it and I still don't get it. Okay. Fair enough. Glad the Jets didn't go with him. Uh, yes. I think the Jets made a much wiser Southern California quarterback move. I hope so. I hope so. Um, anybody else you want to talk about on this gigantic slate? Nope. We're good. Beautiful. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. Again, I am Scott Jensted. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Scott Jensted. Andrew is at Rotowire Andrew. We also thank Yahoo Fantasy Sports for their sponsorship all season long. Again, if you could please rate over the podcast, we had a few minutes to go uh, give us a bunch of stars. If you enjoyed listening to us all year, that would be fantastic too. Hope everyone has a great week 14. We'll be back at you next week. Take care. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.